Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. You know the goal is to help you stretch every buck. Coming up in just a few minutes, I have some advice for you about stretching every buck a simple way in your own home. And coming up yet later, I want to talk to you about, as you're shopping, things you need to make sure you avoid buying no matter how much you're influenced by advertising or by influencers on social media to buy certain items. I'm going to tell you about the dangers that may lurk. So there was a big development today that sounds so much like an inside the beltway thing that is a DC pointy headed thing. But actually, this is a major development for people who have thin files of credit or maybe have had a history of bad credit And this is a massive number of American adults. In fact, it's estimated that somewhere about one in four to one in five American adults have either a thin or no file by traditional credit reporting methods that they either swore off credit or have not had credit, or have had minimal amounts of credit in their lives. And so when they go to do something that requires running credit on you, which could be any of an, it could be signing up for a new cell phone plan. It could be any of a number of things that have nothing to do with what we might think of as credit, getting a car loan, mortgage, or credit card, or something like that. So yesterday, or was it today? It was yesterday. There was a regulation issued, which again makes it sound so dull, Washington stuff, that gives a green light to these experiments that have been taking place to become mainstream, where the way you handle your life otherwise, other than traditional methods of measuring you for credit are now considered to be valid. So it will be fine for a lender to decide based on how you pay rent whether or not you're a good risk or how you do various things that uh, mathematical formulas, algorithms, say are an indicator of someone who will be a good payer or a bad payer. That behavioral kind of analyses will be allowed to stand in for traditional credit methods. This is really important, and lenders have been very interested in this because a large percent of people in their 20s and 30s have no use for credit, traditional credit, and have not liked it, but then something will happen. They'll come to a point in their lives that they'll need some form of borrowing, and that thin file or no file 
is a roadblock to being able to borrow. So now there are going to be a number of methods used, including something that has never been part of trying to decide whether somebody should be able to borrow money, and that is what you spend versus what you earn. And this is like, I mean, could they have come up with a regulation that is more like what's in my head? That one of the things that you'll be judged on in a big way in these decisions that will be made moving forward by these scoring models that will not be traditional at all is do you live on less than what you make? So someone who's got really good savings habits, someone who puts money aside and lives on less than what they make, that can now be one of the criteria that's used to judge whether or not you would be a worthy borrower. Because statistically, someone who, who is a really good habitual saver also turns out to be someone who's really, really good at paying their bills. And you hear that from me and you're like, of course that would be true. But the way it works now, that is not even a factor that's considered. So you're going to see a lot more because the deep data now collected on us that's creepy, it's going to have also an alternative thing which is good that will allow people who may not have qualified prior to qualify for credit. Now, the banking industry moves slower than a glacier. So it's going to be something that a lot of the alternative providers, what are referred to as fintechs, will be the first out of the box adopting in a big way these alternative kind of methods. If you think of pedal card, which I've talked about before and you may have heard me mention, they're an example of one that has looked at very different ways of establishing whether or not you would be a good credit risk or not than traditional scoring models. And we're going to see a lot more of that kind of thing from fast-moving, alternative kind of financial institutions than from traditional banks, who will be followers on this, certainly not leaders. Heather's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Heather. How you doing? Good. How are you? Great. Thank you, Heather. How can I be of service to you? Yeah, so I got a 15-year-old sister that I help take care of, and uh, she's been taking a couple school trips recently, and I bought her regular prepaid gift cards to take with her, and I'd like to try to move away from that and try to go to a more reloadable Visa or MasterCard, one preferably with less fees. How about no fees? Or no fees. Yeah, because no fees beats less fees. Yeah, yeah, if that's an option. All right, Heather, anybody in your family um, prior military or current military? Um, Nobody that is alive, no. Okay, all right. So you are not a USAA member? No. no. All right, Just just for others, I want to mention USAA has the most comprehensive free programs available for what they refer to as youths. Nobody use that, uses that word anymore other than USAA. But they have 
these accounts that are available to uh, minor children that are fee-free and they have a variety of offerings for it. Outside of that, the best in the marketplace is Bluebird. And okay. Bluebird is an American Express product, not a Visa or MasterCard. But okay. it will still allow you to use it uh, for almost everything you would do free. So okay. your 15-year-old would be able to have a Bluebird card, no fee. There's no monthly fees. If they mess up and they overdraft it, there's no overdraft fee. And you can add money to it for free as well. Okay. And Is there also maybe a Visa or a MasterCard in case, you know, she gets to a place that doesn't take American Express? That's a good question. I'm not aware of any uh, Visa or MasterCard other than the one USAA issues that doesn't have a whole bunch of fees. Now, the one okay. place I would look if you might find something like that would be a credit union. Okay. Are you a member of a credit union? Yes, I am. So have and you, she is actually too. We started her savings account. Well, then that's that would be perfect to check at the credit union she's already a member of, and see if there's any kind of um, prepaid card that she can get that won't have all the junk fees that tend to be loaded one on top of another on the prepaid okay. Visa and Mastercards. But I wouldn't be too reluctant to get the Bluebird because American Express has uh, done a huge effort this year and last year getting new merchants and the acceptance of American Express is much, much bigger in the U.S. than it's ever been. Okay, well, that's good to know. That's really good to know. And you can see how the Bluebird works if you just go to bluebird.com. Okay, thank you. Sure. So much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Kyle's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you? Hey, good, Clark. How are you today? Wonderful, thank you. First, first and very, very quick, let me just tell you, thanks for your uh, contributions to this world, uh, on and especially off the air, sir. Well, that's so kind of you to say thank you. Uh, anyway, Clark, I'm calling. Uh, my seven-year-old, has uh, she decided she wants to, uh, to fly. Um, and so I was trying to check in with you and see if uh, how I could score one of those kind of doorbuster uh, deals that the airlines flash. Uh, they're, they're never available when I'm booking a plane trip, you know, but uh, with no other, uh, you know, parameters I need, what, how, how can I score those deals? All right, so I'm going to give you a tool to use that's going to freak you out, okay? Go to kayak, K-A-Y-A-K, dot com slash explore. And, and you'll be able to put in your uh, favorite departure city for you to take her on a trip. And then it will show you the cheapest round-trip fares available to any destination from you. Like, I just randomly pulled it up, and I'm seeing uh, $24 round-trip, $45 round-trip, $39 round-trip. I mean, there are amazingly, amazingly cheap fares if you can be flexible that when a deal pops up, you just grab it and go. And, wow. And I'll check that out. Thank you. Uh, one other thing I'll tell you, to get the absolute cheapest fare for like almost like a discovery flight, just to go experience flying, 
is Frontier Airlines does these ridiculously cheap fares just to get like free publicity. It's like the cheapest advertising they can ever get. And they'll do all these fair sales where they sell tickets for $15. And so if you go to flyfrontier.com and register for their email alerts, they're going to spam you a lot. But when they have those ultra cheap sales, you're going to know and you're going to be able to see, hey, can we put something together flying out and back um, same day on Frontier or something like that and get maybe a $30 round trip? Wow. Really, really good tools, Clark. Thank you so much. I'll give those a shot. Got to tell you one thing about uh, if your daughter's first flight is ever on Frontier or Allegiant or Spirit, that that is a different kind of flying experience than normal flying experience. They don't give you anything to drink for free, nothing to eat for free. Um, You don't get a seat assignment without paying for it. So it will be a very spartan kind of experience but she'll be on that airplane wow very cool thank you so much sure have a great day you too and uh something i want to talk about in depth sometime really soon there's an unusual pattern coming in 2020 that's going to have a number of very very low-cost airfares popping up around the United States, and it's going to be a haphazard thing. And I want to explain why that's happening and how you're going to be able to take advantage of that. And I'll do that sometime soon on the show. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. All right, we got to talk about something. A lot of us have this in our heads that if we're going away for a while, we unplug everything from the wall in our house. And it's something that was just a thing because of what were known as Dracula devices, appliances, electronics, that would eat enormous amounts of energy or drink, consume, whatever. Well, did you know, according to the Know Your Stuff column, it's a tech column that is, uh, you can find it in USA Today. So today's modern appliances and electronics Don't eat up, drink up, consume, whatever, electricity when not in use at all like they used to. And so there's not necessarily an advantage for you to unplug them if you are an obsessive unplugger of devices. In fact, the energy uh, consumption of at-rest appliances and electronics is somewhere around 10% of what it used to be. Because they just make them in a way they don't eat up energy like they did before. So there are things that if you're going on a significantly long trip, you might want to consider, I have these power strips for the TVs that when I leave, I can unplug the whole power strip. 
and then I don't have to worry about a lightning strike, which is or a power surge, which is what I'm really worried about. I'm not worried about the energy anymore. But if you are obsessive about energy, the number one thing you should be doing in your house, if you haven't done it, is get LED bulbs. And LED bulbs will make a massive difference in your electricity bill at your home if you're still using traditional bulbs or you're using halogens. In either case, you'll save a huge amount of money. And LED lighting is so sophisticated now that you can get LED lighting that covers just about any shade you want in terms of you know color, spectrum, whatever shade of white you like, or even if you like colors of light, you can get that now in LED bulbs. So doing that will be an enormous benefit. And you know my obsession with the computerized thermostats, that you don't have to tell them when to change the temperature. They sense when you're home and when you're not and automatically adjust the thermostat to its maximum energy efficiency. And then when you return, they make the home to the temperature that you're comfortable in. So there are simple ways now that you can make changes that will save you so much money. And I know there are people who still, as creatures of habit, go and start unplugging things all over their house every time they leave. No need. Don't bother. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. And as we move steadily closer to Christmas, we are updating you around the clock on the best deals out there for your Christmas shopping dollar at Clark Deals and with the daily Clark Deals newsletter. So those are deals. What's a no deal? There are two warnings today about things you need to stay away from buying for kids. And Watch, which is the world against toys causing harm, has issued its 10 worst toys for this Christmas season. And these are their items that they have come up with a list of. Not me, because I don't know what any of these are, actually. But if you are buying a gift for a kid, these are the ones they want you to stay away from. The Nerf Ultra 1 can cause severe eye injuries. Spike the Fine Motor Hedgehog. And it's got uh, ingestion and choking hazards to it. And boy, I'll mess this up. I'm going to need your help, Joel, since you have little kids. Bunchum's Bunch and Build. Do you know what that is? No idea. So that has choking hazards. This is all about keeping kids safe, obviously. 
And Nickelodeon frozen treat slime can cause chemical ingestion and irritation injuries. Apparently, kids think that they should eat this stuff, not realizing it's dangerous. So it says if you do buy the Nickelodeon frozen treat slime, you make sure that you're watching your kid to make sure they don't start eating it. And then the Anstoy electric toy gun should only be used wearing goggles. Uh, There's a die-cast school bus that is a choking hazard. And there are several others here on the list. We will link to the list of unsafe toys at Clark.com. And there's also an investigation by uh, U.S. PERG, Public Interest Research Group, that shows which particular toy categories are the unsafe ones for causing choking hazards, uh, problems with hearing, and other health risks to kids. And we will have that for you as well. For adults, big warning from the documentary series Broken. Be very careful buying makeup that you see peddled on social media, recommended by influencers or whatever. There's an enormous problem of sellers online selling counterfeit makeup. And any of a number of health problems can come from counterfeit makeup, including what products might be in it that could be very, very dangerous for you that will be in the counterfeit makeup. So you want to buy makeup from places that are known to you and you can trust whether online or in a store. And so I don't want to take all the joy out of shopping for you. I just want to make sure that the aftermath of those purchases ends up being a safe and good thing for you and your loved ones. Catherine's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Catherine. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Catherine. So you have something going on in your household that you kind of guess I'm going to be freaked out about. (laughs) I'm a little freaked out about it myself. Uh, Yes, my husband's turning 60 in a few weeks, and... Um, He has quite a bit of money in his 401k, but it is all in one stock. His employer's stock, I bet. It is. Something that's not even, as I understand it in the regulations, not even permitted anymore moving forward because it's so devastatingly dangerous. And this became clear from a number of bankruptcies that have occurred over the years where all the money in people's 401ks was in the employer's stock, the employer goes bust, like Enron, and the employees were wiped out. And I remember speaking to a corporate function of a, of a big company that after the Enron thing, and somebody asked me a 401k question, and I said, well, the percent of your employer's stock... I want you to have as your in your 401k is zero. And this huge murmur came over the crowd because it turned out most people at that company were doing what 
your husband has done 100% all in in their employer stock. Well, um, it was encouraged at that company I was speaking at to put your 401k money in the employer stock. Well, guess what happened? That company ended up nearly insolvent and almost the entire 401k value of anybody who did that went to near zero. Wow. And so uh, your husband, especially this close to normal retirement age, should be highly diversified. And I would say if out of loyalty to his employer, he wants to have 10% of his 401k in their stock, fine. But that should be it. Well, he's looking, he's finally gotten to the point where he realizes that's a little bit concerning. So he's looking to go ahead and try and start diversifying or even moving it to a much uh, less volatile um, place. But we were trying to figure out what would that be so it can kind of protect what he's already got. So his employer probably offers within the 401k, something that's become kind of a standard, is a target retirement fund series. Is that a term that's familiar to you? That is not familiar, but I will will research it. So let me explain to you how it works is you buy these typically in five-year increments. So what year is your husband likely to retire? Probably probably within the next five years or so, I think. Okay, so in his case, he would buy a 2025 target retirement fund. And so what happens is, let's say you told me 2065. It would be very heavily diversified, but very overwhelmingly in stocks. But in his case, 2025, it's going to be a much more conservative portfolio so that close to retirement, if the stock market cratered, he doesn't see a huge amount of his money that he's worked so hard to save evaporate. Right. And so uh, it would be very unusual that the employer plan didn't offer a target retirement fund. But if they don't, what I would do is go to Vanguard.com and look at what makes up the 2025 portfolio and mimic that in the choices in his 401k. Okay. And that way you would have what you know is a pretty conservative portfolio leading into retirement. And you never want to have all your eggs in one basket, getting a paycheck from an employer and also having your retirement entirely dependent on how that employer does is way too high risk. Right. Right. Yeah, we feel that way right now, so we're Great. getting there. <laughs> Great. So um, don't kind of don't now that you've made the decision, don't take weeks or months to move on from being all in employer stock. Go ahead and get it done as quick as you can. Like set a strict time deadline, a date specific date that you're going to have figured this out and made the moves okay we can do that too all right well best to you and best to him and how great that he has worked so diligently to save money over the years i want to make sure it's there for you when he is retired nate's with us on the clark howard show hi nate hey how are you clark great thank you nate you are a planner I'm trying to be. <laughs> no, because you were planning on getting married how far away? Uh, July of 2021. Wow. Yeah. I, I am so impressed because 
I can't remember what I did yesterday and I have no idea what I'm doing next week. So, because <laughs> I'm really flaky, which a lot of people are not aware of. So that you could plan for something 20 months out is just, or 19 months out is really incredible to me. Well, thank you. How can I be of service with your advanced planning? Well, what we've done so well so far is uh, I've got about $4,000 saved up right now in our savings for the wedding. Um, we're planning on probably needing about 26 or 28 for the wedding itself. Um, but I was wondering if there's a way, there's some kind of, um, uh, I guess, stock fund or there's um, like a um, almost like a CD that I could put the money in to help it grow over the course of the next um, yeah year and a half is is a period you cannot invest all you can do is save and there's an advantage to you taking the four grand you've already saved and putting it in a CD with an online bank you're not going to earn a lot you'll earn about two percent but 2% is probably better than whatever parking space you might have it in now, unless you're already in an online bank. Right. Well, I'm not, I'm not in an online bank currently. I've just got my physical brick-and-mortar bank that I bank with. Well, don't do that because they're paying you 0%. Right. So if you go to bankrate.com and mm-hmm. click on CDs, You'll be able to see the best rate out there on, uh, in your case, look at a one-year CD. Okay. And just whatever that is, is going to be FDIC insured account. Just move that money out of the traditional bank and move it into the online bank. And then okay. also take a small amount of money of that 4000 enough so you can open a savings account. And every mm-hmm. month when you have more money, put it into that online bank savings account that will not earn quite 2% typically right now with uh, the economy slowing, but you'll be able to earn more than you're ever going to earn in that traditional bank. And then as you get maybe each $1,000, you can buy another one-year CD. And you would keep doing that till you're, uh, let's say, less than 12 months out from the wedding, and then from that point forward, it's just going to be money and simple savings in that online bank. Okay. All right. So well, twenty six, twenty eight thousand on the wedding. What are you going to spend on the honeymoon? <laughs> well, uh, my parents have said that they're going to be buying our honeymoon for us. So. Well, I like but, that plan. That's a great, great gift for them to yeah, give. Yeah, right. And I can't, I, I can't turn it down. <laughs> So when my wife and I got married, um, I uh, didn't have a lot of money at the time, and we drove to our honeymoon and stayed in a hotel I found with a coupon. And she she uh, she never ceases to remind me (laughs) about that. (laughs) But we've taken a lot of wonderful trips since. But you know, for me, it's always about living within your means and i actually loved where we went where we stayed and the time we had together on our honeymoon and it didn't matter that it wasn't jetting off to some exotic place or whatever a lot of times we feel like it's only 
a real honeymoon if we do something crazy expensive, and it certainly does not have to be. Abigail is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Abigail. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Abigail. Understand you want to help out your son. What's the story? Yes, so he just turned 18, and I've heard that we should maybe look into a credit card for him to start building his credit. So I don't know um, if you can recommend a credit card with a low interest that will you know, set him up for the future or what your recommendations are. So I don't want him paying any interest, and it's really important, and the most important message you can give him at 18 is that he only charge on a card what he can afford to pay when that month's bill comes, period. Because typically with someone um, 18 to 24 years old, it's common that they will run balances on cards. And college students, in fact, with credit cards, are the most profitable customer of all customers for banks because they tend very often not to pay balances in full and run up interest charges. Is your 18-year-old in college or working? He is working. He's in high school. He'll be in college uh, next fall. Okay, so uh, let me give a couple of suggestions. You can, right now, go ahead with one of your credit cards and add your son as an authorized user. Don't Don't give him the card. Just add him as an authorized user. And if um, most issuers will ask for his social security number, give it to them when they issue the authorized user card. And then he will be establishing credit and have a credit identity just by you having added him as an authorized user. Because most card issuers report to the credit bureau the status of authorized users. And then as soon as he's enrolled, is he going to go to college full-time or part-time? He will be in college full-time. Great. As soon as he gets to college, he can apply for a college student credit card. And the one that is the one that has the most, um, most involvement in the college market right now is the Discover Card student card. And there's no application fee. Uh, you get a fairly low credit limit, but it will help him uh, establish credit in his own name and really learn how to handle that card responsibly. Okay, great. The other advantage with Discover is, this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment, but it's not accepted <laughs> nearly as widely as Visa or MasterCard, and a college student can get into a lot less trouble with it than they can with a traditional Visa or MasterCard. Okay. Um, One other thing. Are you a member of any credit union? I am not. Okay. If you choose to join a credit union, there will probably be a college student credit card program at the credit union. But also, when your son gets to college, this is something you're going to have to remember uh, for when he goes off to school next year, but uh, most colleges have a credit union that's for the faculty, staff, and administrators of the college. It's also open to students, but students don't know about it unless they ask. He should join whatever the college's credit union is. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. 
Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.